Welcome to episode two of the No One's Ready for Wrestling podcast, where I talk professional wrestling and I share my thoughts about it, and it's an opinionated show. I'm the one and only Phoenix that rises from the Ashishino Phoenix here, and I want to say thank you guys for the response that I got from the first debut episode. It really meant a lot to me, and not only that, it just motivated me even more to continue doing this, and... I'm constantly evolving, I'm trying to better myself, and you guys are absolutely the best, and I just can't thank you guys enough. It, it really meant the world to me. And before we start the show, let's get into the introductions. We got some new platforms that you can listen to this podcast on. You can listen to it on Pocket Cast, you can listen to it on Stitcher Radio, you can listen to it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. Soon many more will come. Many more will come. Also, it's it's really worth it. I really want to thank Anchor for this, man. I really want to thank Anchor for this because they distributed my podcast to other listening platforms. And it's the best place to start your podcast. And they will help you out distributing your show to any platform. So I'm sponsoring this for anybody who's listening to this on SoundCloud. But, uh, and we got... I even have a Facebook page. No one's ready for wrestling. That's where you're going to get my updates on if the recording has to be changed or if something happens that I won't be able to record, you'll get an update on, on the page as well. Um, follow me on Twitter as usual. Shino D Phoenix. I do tweet. I have will be tweeting for Evolve on 23 because that's actually tonight. And it's going to be po- like the show's going to be posted on Sunday, but I'm recording this on a Saturday, so as usual. And also, you can always email me your questions at the one and only Phoenix 1993 at gmail.com. Simple, please include your name and where you're from. And we're going to answer your questions every 10 episodes. Every 10 episodes, we're going to answer your questions. So, I want to start with Evolve 121 for a second. I watched it uh, Friday. I thought it was a really great show. Like, I don't know why people are not taking notice of Evolve that much, but if you're not signed up to Club WWN, you're missing out, man. You want dream matches? Like, the next show that I'm going to watch is going to be Adam Cole versus Darby Allen. Need I say more? And I'm going to have an interesting note on this for a second because I do want to talk about my favorite match, which was Adam Cole and Shane Strickland. That match was absolutely fantastic. One of my favorite matches on that show. And I even sent a tweet that if Shane Strickland were to sign with WWE, um, I would not mind seeing Adam Cole versus Shane Strickland for any championship. For me, I would say the NXT championship at a takeover show. Because those two tore the house down. And Adam Cole, he got the win over Shane Strickland in a really great match. And another great match was Austin Theory defending his title against Darby Allen. I I I got nothing to say, man. <laughs> Darby Allen's a beast. He's a beast. Like there was one part where he kicked out of uh, Austin Theory's ataxia. He kicked out at one. He kicked out at one, and I was losing my freaking mind. I mean, honestly, to be real, I would have rather have Darby Allen win the title <laughs> if it was just me. But I mean, Austin Theory. I think he's doing a great job as a heel on uh, Evolve 121, and I think that's the best role for him. And 
The main event was DJ Z and AR Fox. And may I mention that AR Fox carried a dog during his entrance versus the Street Profits for the Evolved Tag Team titles. This it, this was fun. And that's what tag team wrestling should be. It's supposed to be fun. And I was sitting there and I'm just like, man, these guys work so well together. And what if we see more people in Evolve? Like, have NXT and Evolve show, like, combined. That would be nice, you know? So, speaking of Evolve, I do want to talk about Ricochet. He will be making an appearance at Evolve 123. Um, Evolve, they did a Twitter poll on who who should be Ricochet's opponent. And the three people were Shane Strickland, AR Fox, and Orange Cassidy. And let me tell you, let me tell you right now, the majority of the votes was Orange Cassidy. Take my money, man. Take my money. <laughs> I want to see this match. I want to see this match, but realistically, I picked AR Fox. I mean, all three matches would be great. Uh, but I think everybody wants to see Orange Cassidy versus Ricochet. And they will tear the house down. Mark my words. They will tear the house down. Orange Cassidy is the beast. And besides, he's one of my brother's favorite wrestlers. <laughs> Speaking of Orange Cassidy, I and this was this happened last year. I did watch him live and beyond wrestling. That dude is hilarious. He is actually he is absolutely hilarious to watch in person. But that's just a minor thing. I was with my brother during uh, WrestleMania week last week, and we saw Orange Cassidy team with uh I think it was the seasonal moth. Moth uh, Martinez, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm right on this, but it was a mixed tag between Joey Janela and Penelope Ford, and it was a fun match, a really fun match. Just want to get that story out the way, but it was really entertaining, really, really entertaining. I did watch Will Ospreay versus Pac at Rev Pro. My goodness, man, my goodness, these two are absolutely incredible. And the fact that it ended in a draw, I mean, that was the kind of, that was just me saying, oh, we could have had a decisive winner, but I'm glad it ended in a draw, you know? And if this gets us to another match between these two with a decisive winner, I'm down with that. I'm absolutely down with that. That was Dragon Gate versus New Japan right there. Because <laughs> Pac got the Dragon Gate title, Osprey got the Never Open Way title. And I think that would be absolutely the best thing that I've ever seen. But I would gladly, gladly see it again. And of course, this can't be a podcast if we talk about AEW. Because Double or Nothing sold out in four minutes. Four minutes. Um, Let me do my round of applause here. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. I got to give it to uh, Cody and the Young Bucks. They are making this a reality. And especially Tony Khan. Especially the Khan family. They get the praise as well. To sell out in four minutes, that's a new record, man. WWE can't even sell out a Raw or SmackDown show. (laughs) That's just me being real. But some of the uh, people are going to be there. Like Some of my friends are going to be there. And I wish them the best. I hope they have fun. And one goal in my life... And I'm going to say it right here. I want to go to an AEW show. And I really mean it. I really mean it. I want to go to an AEW show one day. Because that's my goal. 
I mean, I have a lot of goals. I want to see a New Japan show in person, a Ring of Honor show in person, like any wrestling show that I could get my eyes on and just experience it as a fan, you know? So congrats to uh, those guys for making it possible. We do have a new match, and it's a triple threat women's match. We have Nyla Love versus Kylie Ray versus Dr. Britt Baker. Kylie Ray, I mean, need I say more? Kylie Ray is impressive to watch. I actually had the chance to watch her live in person twice, and it wasn't at Reality of Wrestling. She actually made an appearance at a Wildcat show. Now, for those who don't know, Wildcat, it's a wrestling promotion that was founded by Luke Hawks, and it's down here in Louisiana to all my people down here. I actually got to see her wrestle. She was absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Nyla Love, I haven't heard much about her, but... She impressed me during that uh, Double or Nothing rally, so already I'm already intrigued to see what she does. And Britt Baker, need I say more about Britt Baker? And if there's, and I'm just gonna make a snide remark here. If I were to go to the dentist, and if there's one dentist I would want, I would gladly have Britt Baker. I would gladly have Britt Baker. I would be a happy man. Sorry, Adam Cole. Sorry, Adam Cole. I would be a happy man if Britt Baker cleaned my teeth. So that's just a snide remark from me. Now, I want to move over to New Japan for a second. Now, Jay White. Let's talk about Jay White for a second, man. Because he changed my my view in just a month. Not just a month, but during his match with Okada. I don't know what it is, but he literally got me saying... First thing, like, oh, he's not that good. I'm, I don't see anything clicking with Jay White. But now, it's like, oh, I'm starting to be invested in him even more. At New Beginners, he beat Tanahashi for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And I couldn't be more proud of him, man. He deserves it. He really did. And I think he's literally the best top gaijin right now. And if we do get... Um, this is just my idea, so bear with me. If we do get Jay White versus Kenny Omega, take my money. Take my money. I would be absolutely okay with that. I would absolutely be okay with that. And where does Tanahashi go? I mean, he's still the ace of New Japan. He ain't going nowhere. He's not going anywhere. Jay White, I love this new Jay White. This is the best that he's ever been. And I think he's going to carry uh, New Japan with an iron fist. Now, granted, I need to start keeping up with New Japan more often after I watch Wrestle Kingdom 13. This is a confession coming from this podcast right here. And yes, my voice is cracked because of watching Evolve 121, so bear with me. Sorry, I had to drink my water. Now that we got the indie shows out the way, let's talk about WWE. There's this rumor that I literally scream hard pass on... And that is Eva Marie exchanging letters with... No, not exchanging letters, but exchanging emails with WWE. Do I really want to see her return? I honestly don't. I really don't. I mean, the women's wrestling scene in WWE right now is a big boom. And it's the most talked about thing right now. And I just don't see Eva Marie returning. Now, if she does, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Simple as that. I really don't know what I could say. She's she's not worthy to return right now, but I'm not going to question that. 
that's on her. That's on WWE if they want to mess it up, mess up the women's evolution again. But I'm not gonna lie, that's their decision. That is their decision. Another news that we heard involves one of the Usos. Jimmy Uso was arrested for threatening to fight a cop, and he posted bail because this this was probably gonna affect their match for the uh, SmackDown tag titles, which. I honestly think they were going to win it, but we'll get into that in the predictions. But there's this ridiculous report from Fox News. Seriously? Fox News saying that Naomi and Jimmy Uso wanted to get fired by WWE. That I do not believe. I call bullshit. Literally bullshit. It's a bullshit story. Like, if they were to get fired, I mean, you would have Future Endeavor literally written on your screen right now. Like, they could have just asked for their release. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't buy that report whatsoever. It's a ridiculous report, man. It really is. And we'll get into that more when we talk about the Elimination Chamber. Um, and also, I want to take this quick thought about The Undertaker. He's actually retired for real, according to Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer Radio. Um, honestly, there's really nothing else for The Undertaker to do in the WWE. Besides being in the Hall of Fame, I wouldn't be watching wrestling today if it wasn't for The Undertaker. I still remember the match that he had with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. Possibly one of the best matches that I've ever seen. And I'll never forget where I was when the streak ended. I was outside, okay? I worked outside. I was working WrestleMania 30. And I was letting uh, celebrities in. And my brother texted me, and he told me that The Undertaker lost, and I was losing my mind out there. I was losing my mind outside. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? And I rewatched it, and when I got home, and I'm like, wow, they really ended the streak. So, New Orleans, it, so WrestleMania, if you go to the Superdome, this is where a streak dies. But The Undertaker, I think he had a great run. He's a legend in his own right. And they really need to put him in the Hall of Fame this year. And I'm not the only one that's going to be vouching for that. He needs to be in the Hall of Fame this year. After everything that he's accomplished in the WWE, he deserves to be the headliner. He really does. He really deserves to be the headliner for uh, the Hall of Fame this year. And I would absolutely be okay with that. And I know I'm not the only one who said that. John Cena. What is John Cena doing? Well, he's going to have a hosting gig in a reboot show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? So that's just a minor news story right there. So kudos to John Cena. Like, he's doing bigger and better things now. And it'll be interesting to see how he does as a host. But knowing John, he could excel at anything. Monday Night Raw, man. I don't know what it is with Monday Night Raw. It's just not good. It really isn't. I don't... And one of the reasons is the lack of, like, the late scripts. Like, I heard from Ringside News that the late scripts was the big issue. This is not a surprise to me. This is not a surprise to me. You look at Monday Night Raw and you see them constantly changing the script over and over and over again when they could just plan it in advance. Like, no, let's do last minute stuff. Let's put everything planned in the last fucking minute. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense, and, th and you wonder why people want to leave WWE for an AEW or to venture on the independent scenes. Creative frustration. And this is why I 
crap on the creative team a lot. So, we had Becky Lynch opening the show with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. And there was a bit of a tease between Stephanie and Becky Lynch. Possible match at SummerSlam like, like Vince and Stone Cold, which is a really comparison. It's a real comparison right there. But... Becky, she saw a doctor, and Triple H said that her WrestleMania match is still intact, only if she apologizes to Stephanie and Triple H. May I ask why we had to wait three hours of an apology when we could have just said it right then and there? I mean, I understand to uh, build towards that that Raw Women's Championship match, which will main event WrestleMania, but why do we have to wait three hours of an apology? And Becky talking to Finn, Ronda, and Alexa Bliss... Who knows? Who knows? Um, But she did apologize on the closing segment. And the WrestleMania match is still official. Or is it? Vince McMahon cuts the music. And he told Becky, oh, you think you're the man? Well, I'm the man and I got some news for you. You're suspended for 60 days. And that means you're going to be missing WrestleMania. So we need a replacement. We need a replacement, hence the title of this episode. And... The replacement was none other than Charlotte Flair. And I'll get to my pros and cons on that in a second. My only pros and cons on that. But honestly, we all saw this coming. And that video on their uh, YouTube channel, Charlotte Flair replacing Becky Lynch, that has the most dislikes that I've ever seen. But, I mean, (laughs) we all knew it was going to happen. I don't see why people are so butthurt about it. Becky's going to be added in this match some way, somehow. (laughs) I'm not stupid. We're all not stupid. (laughs) They're not insulting my intelligence. I know she's going to be added in the match. Because they want two superstars in Becky and Charlotte who are going to be in WWE for life. Well, not for long. I wouldn't say for long, but they're going to be lifers. But where does Ronda go after WrestleMania 35? And... There's a ru- there was a rumor that Ronda wasn't going to sign if, if Chris Cyborg was going to sign. That's I don't know, man. I don't know. That's just someone trying to get their story out, trying to like what source are you getting this from? That's all I want to know. I want to talk about the revival. WWE, um if you're listening to me, may I ask what took you so long to put the belts on the revival? And I'm literally up close on my mic literally saying that softly. Because I'm not going to rage at you. You should have put the belts on the Revival when uh, they were feuding with the freaking B team. So, this is your desperation attempt to keep the Revival from leaving WWE. I wasn't surprised by this win. I mean, anyone who's listening to this, I wasn't surprised by this win whatsoever. It's the AEW effect. They're doing everything they can to keep unhappy talents from leaving. From an all-elite wrestling or an independent scene to uh to scout on like to like I don't know man I don't know the revival it was a long time coming but you should have put the belts on them a long time ago and that's a shame you know that is an absolute shame but it didn't surprise me the match was good I'm not gonna lie and people said in the house shows their matches were fantastic so I hope we see more of that and I hope they merge the tag team divisions because it is an absolute mess an absolute mess. And that's just me thinking this. Like, I want to know what you guys think. Do you think WWE should merge the tag team division? Because if you answer yes, then you're not the only one. You're not the only one. And they need to fix that. 
They really need to fix that. SmackDown Live, I thought, was a decent show. It was a decent show, but only two big highlights for me. Now, Charlotte opened the show. She embraced the hate, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. Like, at first, I didn't like that how they announced the replacement, but looking back on it, I feel like a dummy saying I didn't like that, but it was actually worth it. The pro that I had about this was that it made Charlotte into one of the biggest heels in the WWE's women's division, and that's the role she should be playing. Charlotte is great as a heel. Like, not this forced baby face, because that's not her. Charlotte plays the heel better. She even said herself that um, she excels more as a heel than a baby face. But my only con is, where does this leave Asuka? It's been, now, it's been three weeks since Asuka has not been seen on television. And it made people question, do they have any plans for her at WrestleMania? And I mentioned this in the last episode. I said, what do you got planned for Asuka if you're going to have Charlotte and Becky, who are literal threats to Asuka, go after Ronda? Um, WrestleVotes, they reported that they do have a plan for WrestleMania, but they wanted to keep her off television be- television because uh, like, if it was going to be in a chamber match, it was going to be either Zelina Vega or Alana, and that's not a pay-per-view worthy match. And I got to give them props for that because they know that it's not the match that we're going to see, but... I even heard ideas that some people have thrown out that if Becky wants her way back into the main event spot, she has to face Asuka. And if she beats Asuka, she gets added to the Raw Women's Championship, which slowly stunts the merging of the women's division. Now, do I want to see Asuka lose on the big stage again? No, I don't. But is it necessary to get the women's division into one women's division? Absolutely. But... Who should be worthy of facing Oscar if that's not the case? I mean, I even said Lacey Evans. Where the hell is Lacey Evans? Like, she hasn't been, like Oscar, she hasn't been seen since the Royal Rumble. <laughs> like, I think you might as well move Lacey to SmackDown. Or better yet, you should move Nikki Cross to SmackDown Live. Where they could have that great match that they had on NXT, that last woman standing match. Still one of my best match. Still one of my favorite matches in the women's division. But, anything can happen. Some people say Sonya Deville, some people say Mandy Rose, some people say Naomi, but my original plan was to have Ember Moon face Asuka. How do you integrate that? I don't know. You even had Natalya talking about the women on SmackDown jumping brands to challenge the Raw Women's Champion, Ronda. Maybe I should do the same and challenge Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Champion at WrestleMania. Now, they the last time these two had a match, I mean, it was at Survivor Series, but... Like, the one I remember was during Hawaii, when Asuka worked a match with Natalia. Some people said it was a really good match. I mean, I wouldn't mind that, but you gotta integrate this ending of the brand split for the women, if that's the case. But, uh, another big highlight on this show was Kofi Kingston. And I think I speak on everybody, for anybody who's a fan of Kofi Kingston, I think WWE should really put the WWE title on him, not... But not at this moment, but when the timing is right, I think Kofi would be excellent as a WWE champion. And he was the best part of that gauntlet match, lasting an hour, beating the WWE champion, beating Jeff Hardy and beating Samoa Joe only to lose to AJ Styles. That was great, man. Now, I did not, I did not like uh, 
how Joe got the short end of the stick because he's getting the Bray Wyatt treatment. He talks a big game, but he just doesn't back it up that much in a big match. So I don't know what's going on. I really want to see Joe with the WWE title as well. But, uh, and I also honestly think that role was supposed to be for Mustafa Ali had he not got hurt. And that would have made him into a bigger star. But need I say more? Kofi impressed. Randy enters last. And I honestly think we might see a few with AJ and Randy Orton down the line. And I think there's nothing else for Randy Orton to do. There's nothing else for, not Randy Orton, but for AJ Styles to do on SmackDown Live. Which is why he should move to Monday Night Raw. Because Raw is in a desperate need. And I said that in the last episode. Let me take a quick sip of water for a second. Take this water break. There we go. And let's talk about NXT. Let's talk about NXT. Matt Riddle explains why NXT is more believable than the main roster. He said that, yeah, I think we're just different. I know that's the easy answer, but I like to say we're different. We're new, we're fresh, and we're not the same kind of watered-down child's product that WWE's kind of turned into a lot. So if you go watch us, even though it's scripted a lot of times, it's more real and it's more believable. He even added that I was say we have to bring in some of the talent and not like just a couple then and there. You have to bring enough in so we can make the other roster members other members change. I agree with him 100%. I mean, you look at NXT, they put on excellent matches. Name one bad match that I've seen from any TakeOver show. Name one bad match that I've seen when there's a big match on an NXT TV tapings. Name one. They all deliver. They all deliver on a platter with everything on top in a good way. And Matt Riddle, he ain't lying. I honestly think the main roster needs to step up their game, not just for the wrestling, but creatively. And just let them have a leash of freedom to do what they want in that ring. Because let them tell. Because it's better if you tell the story in the ring. That's what wrestling is all about. It's an art. You tell the stories in the ring. You let people see how invested you're going to be in it. And said person. But I agree with Matt Riddle 100%. I mean, NXT, yeah, it's different. But it's more enjoyable to watch. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from some of the people on the main roster. I mean, it's just they need the creative needs to step up their game. That's just my idea. Sasha Banks. She mentioned there's one NXT star we should be looking out for. And she revealed on Twitter that she's shout out uh, Jaya Lee. And I would not actually mind seeing uh, Jaya Lee getting some time. She's, I'm glad she's on the developmental brand and it helps her like adapt and learn even more, and sooner or later, when she gets better and better, she's going to be on NXT TV, and she's going to be ready for the main roster when the timing is right, but for now, I think it's better for her to stay on NXT. We kicked off NXT with Dominic Dijakovic beating Shane Thorne in an impressive fashion, and Vince McMahon saw the NXT TV tapings live in person, and he saw Dijakovic, he'll be like, let's call him up to the main roster, Triple H. He is the best thing. He is better than Braun Strowman, or something like that. That's what I see him doing. But Dijakovic, they're building him up. Um, We had our first build of a match with Cassius Ono and Keith Lee. Um, We know this match is probably going to take place at TakeOver Blacklist, which is what it's calling it, but I'm still going to call it New York. But 
if the name is officially Blacklist. But Cash is Ono, he interrupted this tag match that was next with the Street Profits versus Humberto Carrillo and Stacey Irvin Jr. He said, I'm leaving, I'm quitting, which we all know he's not leaving. We all know he's not quitting. Rachel Rachel Ellering signed, so I don't see him leaving. I honestly don't. But uh, I'm trying to see what I have to say. Keith Lee, he attacked him from behind, and he's like, oh, no, or, oh, my God. (laughs) I just had to laugh at that, and I applauded so hard when Keith Lee said that. But it looks like we're getting a short tease between these two match between this match at a uh, takeover, the Street Profits versus Humberto Carrillo and uh, Stacy Irvin Jr. Jr. That was a fun match. There was this spot that Stacy Irvin Jr. took a back suplex and it looked like he landed on the back of his neck, and that was like brutal. And and uh, Stacy Irvin Jr. and Humberto, I think they're impressive. They need to, and I think people should look out for them. Even though Humberto is working 205 Live, which I don't know if that's going to suit well. That's just me being honest. But Humberto on NXT and Stacey Irvin Jr. making his debut. I said it with Eric Bugenhagen. This is the guy you got to look out for. And I think he has a bright future ahead of him. We had Aaliyah beating Tanara Conchi. Now, I was bored with this match, I'll be honest with you. I mean, but this is... Them building up the women's division on NXT. And Vanessa Bourne is apparently going to be managing uh, Aaliyah. So after the match, Shayna Baszler, Marina Shafir, and Jessamyn Duke, they took out those three. And I love it when Shayna Baszler is pissed off. It's the best that she's looked. And there's really nothing else for Shayna to do on NXT. So I think their next step is to take the belt off of her, which will probably happen at TakeOver Blacklist. Um, we had our main event with Adam Cole and uh, Ricochet. I mean, need I say more? These guys tore the house down. They tore the house down. It's still the best match. One of the greatest uh, two workers that know each other so well. They make everything look so believable. Everything. And I got to praise them for that. Ricochet, he got the win. And he was attacked by the Undisputed Era post-match. House of Black try to make the save. Which leads to the match that we're going to see next week between Roderick Strong and Aleister Black. And we also got Johnny Gargano defending his North American Championship against the Velveteen Dream. So that I'm really looking forward to. Alright, now that we talked about Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Do you guys know that we have a pay-per-view this Sunday? Called the Elimination Chamber, which was... I call filler. Yeah, we have an Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. And am I excited for it? Probably not. Probably not. I'm not excited for it. I mean, it's just filler. They want to get uh these pay-per-views out the way so they can focus on WrestleMania. Why not just have the Royal Rumble and then spend two months building towards WrestleMania? And there you go. I'm making it easier for you guys in creative. You don't need a filler pay-per-view for crying out loud. You don't. But anyway... Anyway, sorry, I had to get that off my chest. Now, let, let's look at the match card. On the pre-show, we have Akira Tozawa versus Buddy Murphy for the Cruiserweight Championship. We have a no-disqualification match between Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin. 
We have a handicap match for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, we have Finn Balor taking on Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley. We have the SmackDown Tag Team Championships on the line. McMiz defending their title against the Usos. We have the Raw Women's Championship on the line. Ronda Rousey defending her title against Ruby Riot. We have the two Elimination Chamber matches. One with the WWE Championship and one with the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. So, I mean, I don't know how I could feel about this pay-per-view. Like I said, it's filler. It's filler to get people ready for WrestleMania just slowly. And like I said, you don't need filler pay-per-views when you could just build all the way. Like, skip the filler pay-per-views. Build two months of WrestleMania. Save yourself the trouble. That way you don't have to be confused non-stop. I'm... I'm like a broken record, okay? So, let's talk about this show. We have Akira Tozawa versus Buddy Murphy for the Cruiserweight Championship. I'll be honest with you guys. I haven't been keeping up with 205 Live. And I know this is going to be a good match. I know this is going to be a good match. Um, Akira Tozawa, he beat Humberto Carrillo, Leo Rush, and Cedric Alexander to earn his shot against Buddy Murphy. And... I don't see Buddy Murphy dropping the belt. I honestly don't. And I think he's going to retain here, and that's what I predict. I think Buddy Murphy's going to retain his Cruiserweight Championship. And if he drops the belt, I want to see Buddy Murphy work with guys like Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, and many others. Like, he could put on a great match with anybody if they, if they don't chain him up like a dog. Now to the main show. Let me tell you about a match that I honestly don't care about and I know nobody cares about. We have Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin in a no disqualification match. Herky darky dark. I don't care. I don't care about this match. Why do we need to see these two face each other? This is a film match. This is a film match. I don't care about this match. Oh, let's add a no disqualification match to make it better. That's a great idea. That is a great idea. No, it's not. No, it's not. Braun Strowman's going to beat Baron Corbin. And I hope Baron Corbin gets a new wrestling attire because I'm tired of him wrestling in a fucking suit. Anyway, we have the Intercontinental Championship match on the line. We have Finn Balor taking on Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley. Do I see a title change in this match? Yes. Do I think it's the right time? No. Do I want Finn Balor to win the IC title? Yes. Is it going to happen? No. So, there you go. I'm going with I'm going with Bobby Lashley to keep his title. And I don't know how this is how they're going to work out the finish here, but I would be surprised if Finn Balor beats Bobby Lashley. But I'm sticking with my guns here. I got Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush beating Finn Balor. Bobby Lashley keeps his belt. We got the SmackDown Tag Team Championships on the line. McMiz defends against the Usos. And I mentioned Jimmy Uso being arrested. I think this might play into an effect on this match. But I'm sticking with McMiz to win. I don't see uh, the Usos beating them. But they could put on a good match. Because the Usos, they're... They're probably the best tag team on the main roster along with the Revival. And I've mentioned this. They're going to keep the belts until Fastlane. Who do I see dropping who do I see them dropping the belts to? And you may call me crazy for this because it's possible they're going to drop it to Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura at Fastlane. 
and this leads to Shane and The Miz building towards their match at WrestleMania 35. That's my prediction. So I got McMiz winning, and they're going to drop the belts either on the random TV episode of SmackDown by to uh, Rusev and Shinsuke or on Fastlane. That's how I see it. We got the Raw Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey defending her title against Ruby Riot. I got Ronda retaining. I don't see Ruby beating. Uh, I don't see Ruby beating uh, Ronda Rousey. Charlotte Flair. She's gonna be watching the match, so we might see some interaction between the two. And uh, the triple threat build is still real. Um, we have the Elimination Chamber match. I want to start with the WWE Championship match because I'm more excited for that after what happened in the Gauntlet match. Now. Randy Orton is going to enter last. I wonder who's going to enter first, which probably might be Daniel Bryan. They might start it off first, and I think he's going to outlast all of them. He's going to retain his title. That's my prediction. Do I want to see Kofi win it? Absolutely. AJ Styles, he doesn't need it. Jeff Hardy, he doesn't need it. Randy, he doesn't need it. I would like to see Samoa Joe get a title win for once. If they did with Bray Wyatt when SmackDown, like it was, it was like two years ago. That Bray Wyatt won the WWE title from AJ Styles at the Elimination Chamber. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic moment. And I lost my mind. But Daniel Bryan, I don't see him dropping the belt. He's too good as as a heel. I think this is the best outcome. Daniel Bryan outlasts uh, his opponents. And I don't know where they're going to go from here at Fastlane. Finally, we got this WWE Women's Tag Titles. That's gonna be at that's gonna be crowned at the Elimination Chamber. So Bailey and Sasha, Boston Hut Connection, and uh versus Mandy and Sonya, they're gonna start it off. The rest are gonna be in the chamber. Um I'm going with Sasha and Bailey to win here. I mean, it's not a coincidence. We all know what's gonna happen. Sasha and Bailey, they're gonna win the belts. They deserve it, but if you have one set of women's tag titles, you might want to start thinking about merging the women's division. Just saying. Just saying. But, I mean, there's really nothing I can add to this. I don't see the Iconics winning. I don't see the Iconics winning. I don't see Nia and Tamina winning. I don't see uh, Naomi and Carmella winning. I don't see the Riot Squad winning. Like, your only best bet is Sasha and Bayley. They want to put it on the Raw show because it's the A show. Why not? Why not? I mean, it'll take a rocket science to know that. Like, there's really nothing else I can add to this. So, that's my predictions for uh, the Elimination Chamber. I want to debut something. It's called Wrestlers We Should Be On The Lookout For. It's pretty much wrestlers that I watch, whether it's from local indie shows or from other shows like Evolve or Stardom or any other independent wrestling show. I'm going to talk about one particular wrestler who's going to get the spotlight. And we might do this every single episode. So the first one we're going to talk about is Sadie Gibbs. Sadie Gibbs is absolutely brilliant, you know. I first heard of her during Stardom's Twitter. And I watched her match in Stardom. She is absolutely incredible, man. Absolutely incredible. She's athletic. She's a high flyer. And she could make any... Like, she's really good at what she does. Really, really good at what she does. And you got interest from P- 
people from AEW. Do I want to see Sadie Gibbs in All Elite Wrestling? Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to see her in All Elite Wrestling. She deserves that. To perform on the big platform that is AEW. Now, if there was a Mae Young Classic, do I want to see her in a Mae Young Classic? Absolutely. I would be absolutely okay with that, you know? And I think this would be a perfect position for her. I could see her in Rev Pro. Because they do have the women's title there. Zoe Lucas is currently the champion, if I'm correct. But I, I don't... I mean, wherever she goes, whether it's Stardom, whether it's Ring of Honor to do the Women of Honor, whether it's NXT or NXT UK, I mean, she is perfect, man. Someone you should look out for. She's... Like, watch some of her highlights on a... Her YouTube channel. She has a YouTube channel as well. And she even did some highlights about... For her stardom career... On her Twitter. She did a video on that. And it was absolutely incredible to watch. And I literally said that she is someone you should look out for. She's agile. She's... Like really entertaining to watch. And one day I do want to see her live. But Sadie Gibbs gets the wrestlers we should watch out for. We should be on the lookout for. So... Sadie Gibbs gets the spotlight for this episode. Oh my goodness, man. I'm about to call it a day here. I want to thank you guys for tuning into this episode. It really means a lot to me. And like I said, it's an evolving process. We're going to get better time and time again. Days are going to go by. Everything's going to evolve. And when we reach the big one, I guarantee you, you're going to love every second of it. But that's it for this episode. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to watch Evolve 122 tonight, which is on a Saturday for those who are listening to it on a Sunday. But I'm going to take some time to relax. Follow me on Twitter at ShinoDPhoenix. And don't forget, you can always email me your questions at the one and only Phoenix 1993 at gmail.com. Please include your name and where you're from. And uh, that's pretty much it. Take care. And be good. I'll see you guys next time. Talk to you later.